You're listening to SAFM Sports Wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you to the MoneyWeb team. They're back again tomorrow at 6. And I can tell you good news uh, for South African under-23s that came from a goal down with uh, 18, 17 minutes to go. They lead by three goals to two. So uh, it's been a, a very exciting second half. We'll chat to Moali in just a moment. So the South African footballing coach, Carousel, continues to turn two more coaches getting off today. Sarami Letsuaka has resigned as head coach of Golden Arrows with immediate effect, citing family pressures as the reason for his departure. And bottom of the log, Maritzburg United have parted ways with manager Clive Barker after just five league games in charge. We'll chat to the chairman of Maritzburg United on this evening's show as well. In England, Chelsea have submitted a planning application for a new 60,000 seat stadium at Stamford Bridge. Uh, former Saskok and Athletic South Africa CEO Bonelli Sandane was killed during an armed robbery at his home in Rudaput in the early hours of this morning. Current president of Saskok, Gideon Sam, has paid tribute to Sandane. You know, hearts go out to the family and we really feel that uh, Banele has played his role. I worked very long with Banele because whilst we were still divided as, a, as NOXA and the Commonwealth Games Association, he served on my board and he did tremendous work uh, on that board. The six-year-old administrator was still actively involved in athletics as a member of the Soweto Marathon Trust, which organizes the annual Soweto Marathon. He's survived by his wife and six children. Saying with news out of Saskok, Sam has dismissed any chance of South Africa's hockey teams representing the country at next year's Olympics. Despite both the men's and women's team qualifying for the Games by winning the recent African champs, they will not be sent to Rio. For now, it will create a serious precedent in terms of how we want to build South African sport if we just uh, turn around now and somersault. Uh, it's, it's definitely not on. The South African Women's Open has concluded at San Lemire, and I can tell you, Leanne Pace has won by three strokes. Lali Stunder will join us later on the show to tell us exactly what happened today. And following the third test between the Proteas and India and Nagpur, the ICC has rated the pitch used as poor. The Proteas were bowled out for a meagre 79 in their first innings and went on to suffer a series defeat in that third test by 124 runs. India could now face a fine of up to $15,000. The fourth and final test gets underway in Delhi on Thursday. That is a dead rubber. In other international cricket news, New Zealand have retained Martin Guptill and Mark Craig in their 12-man squad for the two-test home series against Sri Lanka, which starts on the 10th of December. Australia have included uncapped paceman Nathan Coulton-Nile in their 12-man squad for next week's first test against the West Indies. And domestically, the Cape Cobras will be without Richard Levy for tomorrow's Ramsam clash against the Warriors. He has a mild concussion that after he is hit in the head while fielding on Sunday. And finally, in rugby news, the New England coach Eddie Jones may not be able to make wholesale changes that he may like to make ahead of the 2016 Six Nations under the terms of the Rugby Football Union's elite player contract agreement. Jones will be allowed to change a maximum of 11 players before his first test in charge, which is against Scotland at Murrayfield on the 6th of Feb. Coming up next, we'll take a look at what's happening in that under-23 football. This is Sport on SAFM. Every supporter's greatest resource. 
Well, it's been a very exciting second half. Uh, South African under-23s were trailing at the break. They conceded a fantastic goal in that first half. Mo Ali joins us now. Mo, it's been an incredible uh, second half so far, and we've still got 13-odd minutes to go. This game's far from over. Far from over. 13 and a half minutes as uh, the, I'm nearly saying Bafana Bafana, the under-23s, nearly getting opportunity to score a fourth. But uh, after the first half, after what we saw in that uh, first half, I really was writing off. Uh, the under-23's chances of uh, winning this game against uh, Zambia because the Zambians just look that much sharper, that much better and uh, no surprise that they took the lead after 60 uh, or 36 minutes through Conlai Luchanga's terrific shot across from the right-hand side and a turn and volley from uh, just inside uh, that uh, six-yard area putting the ball past uh, Jody February, of course, makes his first start of the tournament, replacing Ricardo Goss. But you've got to ask a few questions about uh, Rivaldo Kutsi, a youngster with his experience, having played for Bafana Bafana. The marking should have been tighter, but still a very good finish by the Zambians. And I guess Owen de Gama, the uh, under-23s coach, would have told the players, look, we've had the PSL stopped until the middle of December, and if you guys lose today, we're going home after Saturday, which will leave the teams uh, uh, idle for two weeks. So I think that uh, team talk certainly worked, because the team really came out firing in the second half and it's been the two Orlando Pirates men, the two guys who came from uh, Tunisia straight to Senegal to join the team after playing for Pirates on Sunday in that uh, Confederation Cup final against Etoile de Sahel. It's been uh, Menzi Masuku and Gift Mutupa with the goals for the under-23s. Uh, the goals in the space of seven minutes between Masuku and uh, Mutupa to turn the thing around to 3-1 or, or rather and then the Zambians pulled one back through Billy Mutali in the uh, 70 third minute from, uh, with a shot from just close to the penalty spot and uh, putting the ball past uh, Jody February and now with just 12 minutes to go it's uh, South Africa leading by three goals to two but uh, it's not over yet and whoever loses this game uh, will definitely go out of the tournament and a draw certainly wouldn't be good enough for either of these sides because both of them lost their first game it's going to make things very difficult so victory is all important for either of these two sides if they are going to go through to the uh, semi-finals Mo, looking at this under-23 squad, you mentioned uh, the, the, the players that have come from the Buccaneers squad straight uh, from that final in Tunisia here to this tournament. You also mentioned Rivaldo Kutsia. It must be a huge boost for Owen de Gama to have players of that caliber who've played senior level, not just at, at senior PSL level, but, but at national level as well within the squad. Are the other youngsters lifting their game to that level? Well, it's, it's difficult for these youngsters to, to uh, combine. You remember, they only left South Africa last week and, uh, you know, to get together uh, players from different teams and, and com- combine and tell them into one squad. Not the easiest of tasks. And they really did look off the pace against Senegal on Saturday. But Senegal are a very, very good side. They've got a number of youngsters playing in Europe. And uh, Senegal reached the semi-finals of the Under-20 World Cup earlier this year in New Zealand. So they are a serious side, as are Nigeria and Mali in uh, the other groups. So it's going to be very difficult for this under-23 side to get a top three place that they need to uh, qualify for the Olympics uh, in Rio. I can tell you these West African sides, not only are they physically big, but they're strong as well and they're very skillful. And the under-23s really did struggle against Senegal and that 3-1 result was a true reflection of uh, the run of play on Saturday. Well, let's hope that these youngsters can hang on to the one goal advantage they have at the moment. Ten minutes of regulation time left. 3-2 it is. South Africa leading Zambia. Let's head to Maritzburg now to find out what happened with Clive Barker today. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is South Africa's news and information leader, and the big news today was uh, the uh, well, Clive Barker of Maritzburg United uh, parting ways uh, earlier. 
the second coach uh, in 24 hours uh, to uh, to move on. We join now by the chairman of Maritzburg United, uh, Farouk Kududia. Farouk, welcome onto SAFM. Thank you for your time uh, this evening. Uh, what uh, what's the story? Clive Barker moving on. Uh, he wasn't there very long, was he? Thank you, and good evening to all your listeners. Uh, I must basically take the opportunity of uh, briefing your uh, passionate soccer loving listeners. Uh, the developments today basically is as follows. You know, things transpired yesterday afternoon. The club had a sit together, the board had a sit, and decide exactly uh, what is the way forward as far as the team's positioning in the league is concerned. We have the basement to five points from 11 games. And, uh, you know, we had a very open-minded chat with the head coach at the time, uh, Clive Barker, and we firmly believed that uh, it's a very high-pressured situation and a situation that we, you know, uh, for what we believe for Clive, who's, been, who's an excellent coach and, uh, you know, a person that basically has studied all in South Africa, uh, this, this job is highly pressurized and, you know, we had to make a decision now exactly whether we could basically have a person that's a speciality fighting relegation or we basically just go on uh, game by game. And there was a difficulty that we had. And in the end, uh, you know, I really believed and, and the coach basically shared similar views that, look, I think, you know, if that's the case, then we should basically part ways and probably somebody that could come and grind results for us here, uh, what we need. And, you know, uh, we would... Uh, Reserved about getting uh, our points too late in the season, and obviously that the sooner we come out of the zone, which is quite important, the better for the club, the brand, and obviously we owe it a lot to the supporters from Petersburg and uh, the brand in particular. Farouk, just looking at recent results, and, and by recent I mean the, the last couple things, things were were looking positive, particularly the the clash against. Kaiser Chiefs, uh, I mean there was a lot at stake there with Steve Compella who, who was with Maritzburg last season, now coaching Amakosi. It, it looked like things were very positive, particularly in that match and, and, and if you have to be honest, that's a match that Maritzburg should have won. They, they, they were I mean they were the dominant team. Do you not think this is a bit, bit harsh particularly for the amount of time that Clive Barker was with the club? I mean he is a fantastic coach. His track record speaks for itself. Uh, no, no, I would not be away, getting, uh, backing away from those kind of results. Uh, you know, uh, we had to basically decide exactly whether, uh, that would be something that's sustainable, will results be sustainable and forthcoming, or we needed to see exactly that, uh, whether we needed somebody to basically compete us the 19 games that we have left. And as much as what the result was there, you know, I think is that, uh, I think it would be much more different. You know, we had some uh, uh, poor results earlier on. And, you know, the thing is that uh, uh, we just started the season on a very poor note. And, uh, you know, Steve Compera, as you said, basically uh, left a very big shoe to fill in. And, uh, you know, we just took off on the wrong foot. And I, I probably believe now that we needed to do a strategic uh, change and a strategic approach to come out of this uh, mess that we're in. And, uh, you know, I can't be, uh, in a dial mode. I think it has to be, uh, realistic that we are in a major, uh, situation that we need to come out of ASAP and we need to work around strategically to say how we can come out of it. One is obviously having the right 
all the persons that can grind the results. And two is that uh, whatever else that we need as support structures to ensure exactly the team can come out of the zone as soon as possible. Rook, who is that, the man to, to drive those results to get you out of that relegation battle? Look, we haven't we haven't got that road yet. Uh, from tomorrow, obviously, we'll, we've uh, got a few names in mind, and uh, obviously, there's a lot more coming since this news broke out today. And we'll take it once at a time. I know media uh, is it's an hour of speculation, but we can divorce ourselves from that. Rook, was it a, a mutual decision, or, or was Clive Barker pushed? No, I think it's a mutual decision. I think Clive is a very nice guy. You know, he said that listen, I'll I'll fight for the club to the end. You know, and you know, look, you're my aim for that. But you know, one has to understand that you know, uh, at this situation, you you want somebody to come and grind and push the results. Clive is a very nice guy. You know, I think that he did the best. And, I mean, he's his forte is to close play uh, to. Uh, to work with teams that basically players of the high caliber that don't need much coaching. And I think that's where clients for players. And here in the situation, they'll be right in the terms that we need to come out. Uh, it's something that's where you need somebody to come and grind the result for you. Farouk, how have the players reacted to this decision? I think like any uh, football change, you get some players that that likes the coach, who enjoys the coach, and you get some players that basically have their own reservations. So I, I think football is such that, you know, it has proven in the past that uh, players will react accordingly. I firmly believe that, listen, we've got players that can help us to turn this thing around. I've got the belief behind the players because when we sign them, we know exactly what they can. Uh, 80% of the players played in the previous season and they did excel very well. We just need to get maybe certain matters right as far as, you know, game planning. We did a, a fantastic game planning against Chiefs and we need to see more of that game planning coming a way forward. The players responded the way they responded against Chiefs. We need them to respond in the same light uh, to come out of the relegation battle. Farouk, you've got very passionate fans in, in that part of the world. Obviously, this this is uh, come as a bit of a shock for them as well. They obviously want the team to, to stay up at the end of the season. What would you like to tell your, your faithful fans? At the moment, everybody needs to be calm and collected. We just need to be talking upside behind. We got, uh, you know, uh, we have a big uh, franchise to worry about. We're not going to make different decisions, and I probably believe that if everybody is behind the wheel, we'll get each other around. And the fans are the, are the key to all of this, are the key to success, and we still need them right, right behind us. Farouk the chairman of Maritzburg United, thank you so much for your time tonight. I know it's been a tough day, but we do appreciate you taking the time to chat to us. Thank you very much. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader, and it was a tough day at the San Lamia Country Club earlier today, the final round of the South African Women's Open. And uh, it wasn't the best of rounds she's ever played from a scorecard perspective, but she was still able uh, to claim the title and defend it, uh, the one that she won last year. Leanne Pace, another fantastic performance uh, from the South African. Lali Stunder was there the entire weekend. Lali, uh, tough conditions today, but uh, Leanne Pace just too good. Absolutely. Leanne Pace's experience really showed through, especially on the back nine, where the players had to contend with a two to three club northeasterly wind. She eventually shot a 76 after a double bogey and two bogeys, but still was good enough to claim a three stroke victory. 
to seal her back-to-back uh, victories in this tournament. And uh, she became only the third back-to-back winner of this prestigious event, following Brenda Lansford from America and Barbara Pastana from South Africa. Lali, I have to ask, I mean, she's dominating South African golf, uh, I mean, particularly this tournament. Looking at at some of the other players in the field, is the standard of South African women's golf on the up? Brad, a very interesting question you ask. I said before the tournament in some of the interviews I did on radio that we can expect some amateurs to contend this year and also some rookie professionals, and I was not off the mark. Lejeanne Leithwaite finished second. She won the leading amateur title, the Jackie Mercer Trophy, and Carrie Park, who earlier this year won the amateur champion, the women's amateur championship, finished third. Um, and there were a few more amateurs in there, including 17-year-old Ivana Samu, who fired a 71 today to tie the best score with Bonita Brennan, a pro who plays on the European Ladies Tour. Uh, to also finish in the top ten, the standard has most definitely increased. And that is a direct result of these girls playing the Sunshine Ladies Tour, where they gained a lot of experience playing alongside the pros, and then taking that experience to the aperture circuit, which, as you know, runs all year. They came here to prove a point, and they certainly did so. Lali, you, you pretty much answered the question I was going to ask in, in there about the South African Ladies Sunshine Tour, and, and you mentioned the, the young rookie pros coming through, but are the amateurs benefiting? Do they get to play many of those tournaments on that, on that Sunshine Tour? Absolutely. If you, uh, they are allowed to play and enter all the tournaments. However, they do get cut if they finish 16 strokes or worse than, uh, than the leading player, simply from a pace of play point of view. But for this specific tournament, they decided to lift that cut. Um, so these girls got three days of, of, of the SA Women's Open, and playing in this vicious wind, I mean, they really gained some experience. Uh, you know what, Nicole Garcia and Aguchlit Lamini just looked at me today and shook their heads because the amateurs were beating them. <laughs> they were playing better. And, um, and, and that is, that is the, the crux of the matter, is giving them an opportunity to gain this kind of development. And um, they will be playing on the Sunshine Ladies Tour next year. But what is interesting, guys, is that four of our amateur winners, and I'm talking 15, 16-year-old winners this year, were all girls that performed well on the Sunshine Ladies Tour. So the spin-off is definitely beneficial. Lali, what, what's next for Leanne Pace? Three in a row now at the SA Women's Open. She is uh, right now in a class of her own. What does she need to do to really make the step up and, and, and sort of announce herself on the international stage? Well, she did break through for that LPGA Tour victory last year on the back of her, her SA Open win. But she didn't have uh, the kind of season in America where she really contended. Uh, she did extremely well in the Evian Championship, where she tied for six. That was her best major finish yet. Um, and her goal this year is to start the season early in America. And what she has, what she told us, is that now that she's played a full season, she knows which courses suit her game. She knows which tournaments to target in order to uh, to, to really contend. She will be. <laughs> she immediately said after the tournament when she learned that no one has ever won this tournament three times in a row, she'll be back for a hat-trick. Um, but she is going over to America early next year, and then she'll only come back later to play four more of the Sunshine Ladies Tour events. Her, her main aim this year is to win another one on the LPGA Tour and to play herself into that top 40 category in the world rankings so that she can be exempt into every major 
and uh, obviously a major title is a big priority for her. Well, we're looking forward to seeing how she goes. Hopefully, we'll be chatting to her on SAFM Sports Wrap tomorrow night. We're trying to get hold of her, and uh, hopefully we can find out exactly what's in store. Lali, thank you for your coverage uh, in the last three days. We look forward to chatting again uh, this weekend at the Nedbank Golf Challenge. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much, Brad. Take care. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is South Africa's news and information leader. Let's head back to that under-23 clash. Now we are almost, or we are, into the last 90 seconds. Mo Ali, uh, referee, they're adding on four minutes. We're two and a half minutes into that. South Africa still leading 3-2. Every second vital, Brad. So uh, just 15 seconds plus a minute, what, that uh, 75 seconds remaining for the South Africans to give themselves a very good chance now to uh, stay alive in this competition and... uh, have a decider, I think, on Saturday against uh, Tunisia. Tunisia play next against Senegal. So uh, the best result in that game would be for Senegal to beat uh, the uh, Tunisians, go through uh, the Senegals, uh, Senegalese rather, and then uh, have a shootout between uh, South Africa and uh, Tunisia. And remember, South Africa did beat Tunisia 4-0 at uh, their home ground in a uh, pre-tournament friendly. So they have a, a good uh, record against the Tunisians and I think a very good result for them, particularly showing great character in coming back from what was a very ordinary performance in the first half and uh, really turning things around in the second and I think they'll really get confidence and particularly the uh, two Orlando Pirates boys because remember they would have had a tiring uh, time in uh, Sousa exhausting as well mentally uh, in that uh, final against Etoile de Sahel and they've really settled down very well so I think it's a massive confidence booster for this team if they are to uh, get the result this afternoon and then uh, have everything to look forward to on uh, Saturday against Tunisia in that last group game. Mo, showing a bit of character as well, come from a goal down. I mean, you mentioned in our, our earlier chat on the show what, what Coach Owen de Gama must have said to these poor uh, lads uh, at half time, but it, it shows a bit of character, and I, I see that the final whistle has just gone as well. So, South Africa victorious by three goals to two. A very good win indeed, and as we mentioned, uh, they were down by a goal to nil, and uh, the Zambits actually looked like they could score another one, and there was a terrific save by Jody February, the Ajax Cape Town goalkeeper uh, from Benedict Chapez. Uh, acrobatic dive and uh, getting fingertips to it to uh, prevent the ball from going into the net. Otherwise, it would have been 2-0 at halftime to the Zambians and it would have been very difficult for the South Africans to come back from that. But uh, early in the second half, and that's really the way they needed to start with the Menzi Masuku's goal and uh, Gif Matupa getting a brace as well uh, in the space of two minutes to... Uh, give uh, the South Africans a, a comfortable lead by uh, three goals to one but the Zambians did show some fighting spirit and get, gave themselves a chance to get back into the game when they pulled one back in the 73rd minute but uh, this will really give them a terrific uh, boost will it uh, the South African sides and Zambia now for all intents and purposes are out of the competition so as I mentioned it's going to be to uh, South Africa's advantage if the next game either ends in a draw or Senegal win it and then uh, South Africa have it all to play for in their last game against Tunisia on Saturday. Yeah, fantastic performance. I think what I'm really excited about as well, are there, there were goals. Most so often we chat and there's a, a lack of goals in South African football, but we scored three and, and three really good ones today as well. Let's just touch on, on what's happening uh, back home uh, with regards to the PSL. Two, two big uh, sort of announcements today. The, the first one was Lamontville Golden Arrows coach uh, Serami uh, Letuake is uh, leaving. He decided to hand in his resignation citing family issues uh, for his departure. But uh, I think the big one for me was uh, Clive Barker and Maritzburg United parting ways. We spoke to the chairman earlier on the show. What's your take on that one, Mo? 
Well, uh, it's a very, very difficult situation Maritzburg United find themselves in. They went nine games without a win before finally breaking that uh, run with a win against Pretoria University. And they were on the verge of getting a second win in succession when Chiefs scored a late equaliser. Seven minutes into injury time, I think it was, when Lecholoniani scored that goal. Um, Clive Barker, at the age of 71, maybe, you know, it's, it's difficult for him to work under such circumstances where he's got a battle against relegation. And remember, they are uh, three or four points behind the teams above them and uh, the other teams are picking up points. So... Uh, you know, it's going to be very difficult for whoever takes over now from uh, Clive Barker to pick up the situation with uh, a third of the season gone already. Uh, fortunately, there is the break coming up now. There's only one more league game before the uh, festive season break. And uh, fortunately for Maritzburg, the new coach will have some time, at least two or three weeks, to work with the new squad. And it's going to be very interesting to see who uh, takes over from uh, Clive Barker. But at the age of 71, you know, maybe it's time for Clive Barker to uh, take an advisory role and not get involved in these... Uh, Heart-wrenching stuff on the side of the pitch. <laughs> Mo, it's an interesting one. You, you talk about their, their two previous results. And, and my chat with the chairman, I, I was quite taken aback with it, where they said it was a mutual decision, but they haven't decided who's taking over. Surely when you're thinking about something like this, if you are going to replace a coach in this sort of situation, you, you, you've got someone lined up in the contract signed, so you can almost let them pick up where the old coach has left off. Absolutely, and uh, maybe uh, they should have waited until the, the uh, festive season break. But there is still two more weeks now before the league resumes. In fact, yeah, it starts on the 18th, so probably three more weeks uh, before they, they resume the, the game against the uh, Platinum Stars. So I think Marisburg United probably felt that uh, they can give themselves an opportunity in this uh, three-week break to get a coach and uh, you know try, get the coach to work in this time now while the under-23s are playing at the, at the under-23 Africa Cup of Nations. Uh, I think it will be advisable for them to try and get the coach in place before the league resumes and then get the coach to work during that festive season break as well but there are not too many coaches around there's very much a merry-go-round in the uh, PSL at the moment with you know coaches go from one club to the other and uh, it's a really a recycling of coaches in South African football at the moment and maybe Sean Bartlett might be available I, I reckon he should have been appointed in the first place uh, at the beginning of the season after he did such a wonderful job bringing Golden Arrows up to the uh, Premiership you, last season. you mentioned Golden Arrows I was going to ask you what are the odds of Sean Bartlett going back to Golden Arrows but he's, he's possibly got two options now he's got two options uh, both of them in KwaZulu-Natal I doubt whether he's going to go back to Golden Arrows though I think he didn't leave under the most no. pleasant of circumstances there so I think Maritzburg may be the favourite although he might think you know you should have appointed me in the first place so I'm not going back there now As a, uh, he might send a tweet a la uh, Kermit Erasmus I'm not a backup coach <laughs> well we'll have to get him on maybe we we'll give him a shout tomorrow night and ask him if there's any truth in the rumour Mo Ali thank you very much for that we look forward to uh, chatting again Again, Sue, really do appreciate it. And speaking of Lamontville Golden Arrows, as we said, uh, Sadame Letuake has uh, announced his uh, resignation. The 52-year-old had done an impressive job since taking uh, charge of last year's National First Division champions at the start of the campaign. Abafana Bestende currently sits seventh on the APSA Premiership log with uh, Letuaka masterminding wins over the likes of Mamelodi Sundowns, Pirates and Supersport United during his brief stint in Durban. His seemingly happy stay made the announcement even more difficult to fathom. An assistant coach, Abel Mabu, uh, Makubele, was in shock by the news, saying he hadn't even officially heard about it. I'm in a state of shock. Um, I cannot give so, so, so much uh, information. You know, I still need to recover from this news. Uh, I don't know really what is going on. It's news to me. I'm not sure about it. I was in my, 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 my flat the whole morning. Uh, I know nothing. It's news to me. 
Let's talk cited family reasons for his decision, saying that uh, in his letter to Arrows, that working in Durban had put a huge strain on his family life. Assistant Makubele admitted that if uh, that was the reason, it would be hard to stand in his way. But the Arrows number two conceded it was a huge blow for the Montful outfit and the question whether they'd be able to find an able replacement. We work together with the whole technical team, I think, and I think we were on the right track. We were doing just well. So we don't know, but life is life, and sometimes you expect the unexpected. So we'll see. Maybe we'll recover from this, but it's a big blow. It is being a man of his caliber, a man of his intelligence, a man who is actually very good with young players, and a man who has got a lot of patience. Apart from sitting 7th in the league, Arrows also beat MTNA champions Ajax Cape Town in the Telcom knockout in September. While the multi-choice Disky Challenge is also, uh, team has also prospered. They currently sit top of the table. They've progressed excellently under the uh, overall guidance of Letoaka. Makubele had uh, praise for the department, uh, departed coach. The man has done some wonders. Uh, I think he did well. Um under the circumstance, um, but we'll never know what's the reason. Uh, uh, I think he knows why he's, he's doing that, and uh, hopefully the club will will recover from this. Well, big news out of South African football today. Those two coaches leaving and the under-23s winning 3-2. Fantastic news. Uh, that for South African football. We're back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. We'll have more sport for you tomorrow morning on AM Live. Coming up next on the other side of 7 o'clock, it is the talk shop for myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Chetty. Have yourself a great evening. Greg Host is your news. It's 7 o'clock.